Turn with me, please, this evening in the scriptures. You know, that's what you need when you're going to preach. <laughs> I know that that may sound funny, but uh, there's a lot of folk preach without them. But let's go to Mark, the ninth chapter. Let's begin reading here about verse uh, 17. We uh, have gone into some detail about this account where this man brought his son to the disciples and they failed to get him set free. And then Jesus, having come down off the Mount of Transfiguration, the man brought him, his son, to Jesus. And uh, Jesus said, let's just start in verse 19. He said, uh, faithless generation. How long shall I be with you? How long shall I suffer you? Bring him to me. And they brought him to him. And when he saw him straightway, the spirit tore him and he fell on the ground, wallowed, foaming. He asked his father, how long is it ago since this came to him? He said of a child. Oft times it's cast him into the fire and into the waters to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said, if you can, believe. All things are possible to him that believes. How many believe these words of Jesus? Then said out loud, all things are possible to him that believes. Let's say it out loud another time or two together. All things are possible to him that believes. Again, all things are possible to him that believes. All things. All things. You can tell the man is wondering if it is possible. You know, he had some hopes that the disciples could help the boy, and they didn't. And you can tell he's wondering, you know, since they couldn't help him, maybe Jesus can't help him either. And you got to remember, he didn't see Jesus as the Son of God. He didn't see Jesus as the Messiah. He sees him as a at the most as a prophet. And so he, he sees him as a man. But. Even when it looks impossible. Even when you. Seem like you've tried everything and done everything. Can something be done? Can it still be fixed? Can it, can it still be right? It can. For anybody? No. <laughs> no. For those that believe. Sit out loud another time. All things. Are possible. To him that believes. When he said that. The Bible says that the. uh, The father of the child. Straightway cried out and said with tears. Lord I believe. Help thou. Mine unbelief. Would you help my unbelief. Now, all of us can relate to this, whether we realize it or not. Faith is precious. And faith is not everywhere. Did you see what Jesus said earlier? He said, faithless generation. The scripture says, not all men have faith. Jesus said on one occasion, he said, how is it that you have no faith? And sometimes he said, your faith is little. And then he said, Uh, On a couple of occasions, you have great faith. But faith is not everywhere present. 
And many, many times in places, faith is either not there or it's very small, very weak. But faith is the factor. It's the difference in getting something changed and not getting it changed. Getting a miracle and not getting a miracle. And uh, the man, when he heard what Jesus said, he believed. You can tell he wants to believe, but he's struggling too, isn't he? Something else is going on there. And we talked about that there's no place for pretending in faith. Forget about what you think somebody may think about your faith. They're not going to answer your prayer. They're not going to do the miracle for you. What difference does it make what they think about your faith? The Lord met him where he was at, didn't he? Because when he cried out, you see just a couple of verses later, the boy is delivered and he is set free. So the Lord did what he asked him to do. He helped him get the rest of the way in his faith. Helped him overcome his unbelief and his fear. And so we see the Lord, even if your faith is imperfect, he'll meet you where you are, but not where you're pretending to be. You got to be real with him. And so we've already covered a lot of ground in the previous messages. And if you haven't been with us, we'd encourage you to to get those uh, CDs or DVDs, easiest ways to go online, download it, won't cost you anything and catch up with us because we've already covered uh, a lot of ground. Uh, last Friday, we went into the beginning of miracles, and we saw how the water was turned into wine, and we saw how that unfolded. The, the title of the series is Faith for Miracles. And so we don't just want to read about these like their ancient history accounts. We're reading a how-to manual here. <laughs> right? Because uh, if Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, and if it's true what he said, that the works he did, we'd do also. Right? Then we can and should be having some of the same kind of things that we read about in here. And we have been. We have been. And we are. But we can have a whole lot more. How many believe you can have a whole lot more? Whole, whole lot more. What's the key? Well, if we just beg God. Beg God and, and talk him into a notion of doing a miracle. <laughs> no, miracles is his idea. You don't have to talk him into something he came up with. He said the factor is what? Faith. Faith. People say, why don't we have more of these things? It's not confusing. It's it's not a mystery. (laughs) It's plain old lack of faith. That's it. And sometimes people get offended. Go, are you trying to say I don't have much faith? You saying you do? (laughs) It's foolish to imagine you got all this faith and nothing's happening in your life. (laughs) Foolish and prideful. No, it comes right back to this. Lack of faith. But how do you get faith? Hmm? By hearing. We've been talking about that. Hearing from him. So believe with me, would you? Let's believe God together. 
and let the Lord speak to us and quicken us and minister to us. I believe our faith for miracles could come up substantially tonight. Do you believe that? I believe it. If we got ears to hear, if we'll open ourselves up, if we'll not act like we already got it, not act like we've already arrived. So let's do it. Let's release our faith. Let's believe God together. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you agreeing together, joining together, asking you, Lord, like this man. We believe. Help our unbelief. Help us to get past the things that have been unbelieving. Help us to come to another place in our faith so we could believe and receive all that you have for us, all that you would do in our midst. Open our eyes. Open our ears, our heart, our mind. Help us to see where we've been thinking wrong. Help us to see what needs to be changed and what we need to do less of, what we need to do more of, what we need to do none of. Show us, Lord. We ask it in Jesus' name. And we say, by your grace and help, we'll not be hearers only, but we'll be doers. And when we do, we know you'll show up and do too. Thank you, Lord. Get glory to yourself in us, through us, by us, in our midst. All the glory, all the glory, all the glory to your great name. Hallelujah. Who hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Turn with me please to John, the fourth chapter. We were in John and we studied the very first miracle. In Jesus' ministry. Now some apocryphal writings. Will tell stories of Jesus. Working miracles as a child. Of Jesus healing his little play friends. Raising little birds from the dead. As a child. That, those are not true. I said those are not true. Serious problems with that. That indicates that he's functioning as God. From birth. And it's just not true. He was God. He is God. God manifested in the flesh. But the scriptures teach that he emptied himself. He laid aside his mighty power and glory as God and became like other men. And that no miracles he did or occurred through him until as a man, age what, 30, baptized in the river Jordan and the Holy Spirit came on him. Hallelujah. And after the Holy Spirit came on him, then we begin to see miracles and healings and amazing things. Thank you, Lord. And the Bible said the first miracle, the beginning of miracles, was the turning of water into wine. And we saw in that a very clear cut pathway to miracles. We said there are three things you need to know. And one of them doesn't even, is not yours to do. That's getting down pretty small numbers, isn't it? How do you get a miracle? Number one, you've got to hear from him. You, you have to. The way all miracles begin is hearing from him. Hearing from him. Every miracle of God begins that way. You hear from him, then number two, what, what? You do whatever he said. 
Then number three, not your part, he does the miracle. (laughs) Don't let this be too simple for you. That's it. That's how you get from no miracle to miracle. Anybody interested in this at all? You believe it's true? Did they have a miracle right there or not? The water turned into wine. We went into a lot of detail. If you weren't here, go get it and catch up with us. It's a really good study to feed your faith. He heard from the Father. He told them to go fill up the water pots with water. So they got number one. They've heard from him. Then what happened then? They had enough faith to do it. They went and filled the water pots with water. Then they heard from him again. Take some out and bear it to the governor and give it to him. That's the word of the Lord. Isn't it? Now when you've heard from the Lord, don't try to do it a different way. It's not going to work. We don't do miracles by God. He does miracles by us. Big difference. We don't do miracles by the power of God. God does miracles by the hands of men. He does things. It's not us doing things. It's him doing things by us. I know that's a simple statement, but man, that will clear up so much wrong doctrine. That will change so many things. And that's not my words. Jesus said of himself that he could do nothing. Didn't he? Jesus said, I can of myself do nothing. If it was true of Jesus, what could we say about you? (laughs) But so how did he have miracles? He heard from the Father. And he said what he heard the Father say. And he did what he saw the Father do. And the Father did it. He said the Father in me. He does the works. And if we're going to have miracles. We can't do it differently than how Jesus did it. We got to do it the same way. That the Master did it. Let's go over it again real slow. How do you get a miracle? Help me out. How do you get a miracle? Number one. You have to hear from him. You have to hear from him. Now, it can be scripture, but it's not going to be letter. It's going to be quickened to you. The Bible said faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of the anointed one. That's what it literally says, the word of the Christ. Christ means anointed. So it's not just a letter. It's not just something you just took at random out of the Bible. It's a quickened word. It's a quickened word to you, and that brings faith. And you can have a healing you didn't have. You can have a deliverance you didn't have. You can have a miracle. Somebody say, I can have a miracle. I can, I can have a miracle. I, I can get a miracle. I can get a miracle. I can. How are you going to get it? Number one, you got to hear from him. Number two, you have to do Whatever he said to you when you heard from him. And number three. Stand back and watch. Is that right? Just, just stand back and watch. <laughs> Hallelujah. He does the miracle. In John 4, let's look at the second miracle. In the ministry and life of Jesus. 
And let's not just look at it as a history lesson, but what are we looking for? We're looking for how we're going to do it. Exactly how we're going to do it. And I'm going to read this to you from the Amplified, if they'd put it up on the screen for us. We'll start here in about verse 46. John 4, 46, Amplified. And we're going to read down eventually to about verse 50 or so, this whole account. But we're going to take our time in it. Jesus came again to Cana of Galilee where he had turned the water into wine. So the location of the second miracle is the very same place that the first miracle occurred. And there's a significant thing here. Once you get a miracle in a place, the second one can come easy and quick. Because people already know. Right? It's a breakthrough. Once you have a miracle. And then the other one can come right on the heels of it. And then three more can come on the heels of that. And, then, and you just get a flood coming in. Right? Because, you know, in the beginning, nobody, we hadn't seen any miracles. They don't know about miracles. That sounds weird to me. But then, well, yeah, a guy sat by me. He got a miracle last week. Then you shouldn't be wondering, do miracles happen? They knew. These folks at Canaan Galilee, how many know that word had gotten around? You know it did. And so now, there was a certain royal official whose son was lying ill in Capernaum. Keep reading. He heard that Jesus had come back from Judea into Galilee. He went away to meet him, began to beg him to come down and cure his son, for he was lying at the point of death. So this man heard about Jesus. And he heard about what had been happening. Maybe he had heard about the turning of water into wine too. Likely he had. And maybe some other healings and deliverances. And so his boy is almost dead. He's at the point of death. And you you can imagine a father and his heart. And he went to get Jesus. And back up again to the verse 47. He began to plead with him. To come down and cure his boy, his son. He wants him to come to his house. His boy can't move. He's about dead. And he wants him to come to his boy and minister to him. And verse 48. Jesus said, unless you see signs and miracles or wonders happen, you won't believe. You won't have faith at all. Now, what if I said that? What if somebody came and pled with me and said, please come, pray for so-and-so? And I said, unless you see something, you won't believe. And I didn't move and didn't act like I was going to come. What would a lot of people think? Well, you hear how quiet you got. <laughs> so you would have a problem with me following Jesus' example. We need mind renewal. I said we need mind renewal. Because people just doing things by rote and by tradition is why people do things and nothing happens. People do things and nothing happens. What's the key factor here? Faith. Faith. And Jesus puts his finger on the issue that the man is not in faith. 
He's not going to believe unless he sees something. If he sees Jesus come and minister to the boy and he sees the boy change and start to get better, well, glory to God. But that's no faith at all. That's not faith. That's walking by sight. It's quiet in here. Jesus said, unless you see something, signs and miracles, you won't believe. You won't believe. And verse 49. The king's officer pled with him, sir, do come down at once before my little child is dead. So did he change anything? Mm -mm. No, he's, and you can understand, you can hear the desperation, you can hear the fear, but he's fixated on Jesus doing what he wants him to do. And this is a problem. No, he's fixated. You ever heard the phrase, seeing is believing? That's completely wrong. Completely wrong. Totally wrong statement. It's not see and then believe. It's believe and then you'll see. People say, well, if I could just see something, I'd believe. Well, it'd be late for believing. It'd be late for believing. You believe when you don't see. And that's what he's telling him. He said, well, you're wanting to see something. And you're not going to believe till you see something. And that's why people pray and pray and pray and pray. Oh, Lord, heal me. Oh, Lord, heal me. Oh, Lord, meet my needs, meet my needs. And then they pray it again, ask another hundred times. Why? Well, when are you going to believe it's happening? <laughs> well, when people keep on asking for it over and over again, what does that show you? When are they going to believe something's happening? When they see it. When they feel it. Which is no faith at all. When are we going to believe things are changing? Beware of this. Y'all believe with me for a good report. A good doctor's report. So you're saying you're not going to believe you're any better until they give you some evidence that you're getting better. That's not faith. You're saying when I see some improvement, then I'll believe something's happening. Till then, we just keep begging. Please God, please God. Isn't that what he did? When he told him, unless you see something, you're not going to believe. And what did he say? Please come. Please. Is he getting it? He's not getting it. And many Christians today are not getting it. I'm not pointing any fingers. We've all made mistakes in these areas. But do we want to learn? We prayed a good prayer a while ago. Right? (laughs) We believe in God to answer that prayer. We're learning some things. We're coming out of darkness. We're coming out of ignorance. We're coming out of faithlessness. We have some faith. We're going to have more faith. We're coming up. We're going to have faith for miracles. We're going to see more and more miracles. Miracles at our house. Miracles in the church. But we won't get it by waiting to see something before we get excited. Waiting to see and feel some change. Waiting to get a better report before we get ready to do what he told us to do. Our faith 
It's not in what we see. It's not in what we feel. It's in what he told us. I said it's in what he told us. And if he told us something, we don't have to have this or that to confirm it, to believe it. We already believe it. We believe it because he told us. And if this contradicts it, well, that don't move us because we believe it because he told us. And this will just have to change. We're not believing based on what we see or don't see or feel or don't feel. Get better, get worse. That's not what you believe in is based on. That's walking by sight. That's walking by feeling. Didn't he say unless you see something, you're not going to believe. Now, uh, he is fixated on come down. He said it twice, didn't he? Even after Jesus corrected him, what did he say to him? Read it again. Jesus said, unless you see signs and miracles, you won't believe at all. Verse 49, the king's officer pled with him and said, what? He just asked harder. (laughs) Please come down. We're running out of time here. I told you he's about dead. Please come, come, come. He's got something in his head. He's got something in his mind that Jesus would come to his house and pray for him or lay hands on him or speak to him and then the boy would get better. He'd start breathing good. His color would come back and then he's going to go, glory to God. But that's not faith. (laughs) That's not faith. That's seeing something. That's walking by sight. Is this worth spending some time on? Oh, yes, it is. Now, he's got something in his mind that it's going to happen this way. It reminds you of Naaman. Remember Naaman? Just go over there to 2 Kings 5. and Let's let's look at that. Did Naaman have something in his mind, his head, how things were going to happen? And did they happen the way he got it in his head? No, it didn't. And with the Lord again and again, it doesn't happen the way you imagined or thought it would happen. So you've got to get rid of the preconceptions and the ideas. And the bottom line is you can't tell him how to do it. You can't tell him how to do it. See, some folks have gotten confused about faith. And they thought, well, you know, I'm just going to believe that this happens and it happens like this. And so they start saying it's going to happen, it's going to happen like this, and this is going to happen, and so it's going to, this is going to happen like this, and they haven't heard from him. And he's not obligated to do things the way you tell him to do them. Even if it's something that it's his will for you to have, you still can't tell him how to do it. Who to use? And the way, which is why you have to hear from him. And you don't need to fill in the blanks. And you don't need to add to, and you don't need to take from. You don't need to take creative liberties. (laughs) Well, Lord, I'm just going to believe you to do this and just do it like this. And 
And then I'm just going to believe you. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Did he tell you he would do it that way? Have you heard from him? Don't just make up stuff. <laughs> what happened with Naaman? Second Kings 5. And uh, let's see, about verse uh, 3. You know, there was a little maid that told uh, Naaman's, I guess is his wife, or in his household, and said, uh, if, uh, yeah, to her mistress, the, the woman she was serving, would God, my Lord, was with the prophets in Samaria, for he would recover him of his leprosy. He heard about the man of God. He heard about miracles. He heard about God. This was the beginning of his faith, wasn't it? He's not there yet, but these, he's closer to a miracle right now than he's ever been. Because he heard about God. And he heard about the ministry that God was doing. And verse uh, 4, without reading all of it, you know, they, they decided when, when they heard about it. Uh, and it shows the man had some faith. Because a lot of people would never have left the house. Would they? Yeah, I am so sure. I mean, I've tried everything in the world with medical science. They tell me it's, it's incurable, it's terminal, nothing can be done. And yeah, like I'm going to travel over, you know, two countries and I'm going to see a preacher. Like he can do something. This is why a lot of people don't get miracles. Because they don't believe in the supernatural. They don't believe in God. They don't believe in miracles. And so he had faith that miracles existed. But how many understand that's not enough for you to get, be healed? That's a step in the right direction. And, and sometimes that's why people say, I've had people say to me, well, so and so, man, they got a lot of faith, but I don't understand why they haven't received their healing. And then talking to them, I realized they had no faith to be healed. And yet, why are people saying they got a lot of faith? Because they have strong faith that God is real and that God is good and that God loves them. And that healings can happen. And that miracles can happen. But that's not the same thing as having strong faith to receive a healing. That you believe you receive your healing. That's not the same thing. It's a step in the right direction. But you've got to go further than that. And so they decided he's an important man in his country. And he has the king's ear. And he tells the king. Uh, that little girl said, I could go over there and get healed. That that man could heal me. And so the king says, well, I'll take care of it. So he sent money and he sent representatives to the king of the country where the prophet was. And he said, when you get all this money, you get all this stuff, I'm asking you to heal my servant Naaman. And the king said, what? Am I God? <laughs> you think I, I can I heal somebody with an incurable disease? And uh, the Lord showed the man of God, Elisha, he said, tell him, come to me, and he'll find out there's a God in Israel. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He didn't say, come, and I'll show him what I can do. Uh, no, no. But in verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger to him. He didn't go meet him. Now, you got to remember, this guy's a dignitary. He's high up in the government in this other country. He's over the military. And he's won great battles and victories for the country. He's a hero. He's somebody in his country. But that don't make anybody with God. 
Just because your name's on the big movie screen and on all the magazine covers, that don't make you anybody with God. So he didn't go down to see him personally. He didn't come out of the house. (laughs) He sent his messenger and he said, go wash in the Jordan seven times and your flesh shall come again to you and you shall be clean. Has he heard from God? He has heard from God. He should have been shouting and jumping up and down, right? He, he, this is, I mean, when you think about it, what's one of the biggest parts of this having a miracle, getting a miracle deal? What's part number two? Do it. Do what? If you've already heard from him, I mean, it, it, it's almost like coasting downhill now, right? Because we, 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 all we got to do is do what we've heard. I mean, hearing from him is the big deal. It is the big thing. Because once we've heard from him, we just do what we've, he told us to do. And then it's the ball's in his area. Time for him to do something. How many think you could count on him to do what he told you he would do? Every time. Every time. But he didn't respond that way. Naaman was wroth. He was angry. And he went away. And he's not going to the river. He's going home. I've said sometimes humorously, you know, they they peeled out of the driveway. (laughs) Or the horses pawed. (laughs) Because they were saying, get out of here. And he's mad. He's fuming. He's somebody. You can see why the Lord told the man of God to do it this way. Because he thinks he's somebody. Behold, I thought. Mm -hmm. He thought what? What's he about to describe? He had it in his mind how the miracle is going to happen. I thought, surely he would come out to me. I'm Commander Naaman. I've traveled all this way. And he doesn't even come out of the house and say, hi. (laughs) I thought he would come out and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God. That's prayer. I thought he'd pray for me at the least and strike his hand over the place. And I thought he'd lay hands on me. I mean, is that unreasonable? to think the preacher would pray for you? We need some mind renewal. I said we need some mind renewal. Because see we got people that think they can tell the ministers what to do and if they don't do it they'll fire them. And people say we got a good little preacher what they mean is they'll do what I tell them to do. That phrase tells you a lot don't it? Good little preacher. That's disrespect. And he's all mad. He's all upset. And he doesn't have a miracle. And yet he's already got the biggest thing. He's heard from God. Tell me what needs to happen next. Come on. What needs to, how do you get a miracle? Help me. You hear from God. And then what? You do whatever he said. 
you do whatever he said do. Verse 12. Thank God he had the, somebody good working for him. He, he, he went on. He, he's ranting. He's right. Bible said he's wroth. That means he's, he's really angry. He's fuming. Abana, Farpar, rivers of Damascus in his country. They're better than all the waters of Israel. You can see why. The man of God didn't even come see him. Because he, he has a superior feeling. There's this pride. They're better than all the waters of Israel. If I want to take a bath, I got good rivers right there at home. I'm washing them and be clean. He turned and went away in a rage. In a rage. And he is so close to missing his miracle. Why is he so close to missing this miracle? Because he's got something in his head that it's going to happen like this. Who told him that the man of God would come out and greet him and would pray for him and lay hands on him? Who told him that? So why is he sure that it's going to happen this way? Oh, friend, this is so important. This is so And Let's not talk about him. Let's talk about ourselves. Have you ever got something in your head? <laughs> I don't have to wonder. Everybody in here could raise your hand. You ever got something in your head? This is going to happen like this. It's going to happen and they're going to do this and, and I'll call them and I'll ask and then they, I'm sure, yeah, they'll do it. Sure they will. Said who? Said who? And then sometimes people are shocked if they don't. And then they get angry. And they get hurt. And they get mad. And they're hurt. As a minister, as you might imagine, I've encountered this. <laughs> on more than one occasion. I've actually had people hand me a list this long. And say, this is what you need to do for me. Till I get this or till this is fixed. I looked at it. I'm supposed to fast and I'm supposed to pray X amount of time. I'm supposed to spend all this time with them and I'm supposed to do this. And I'm supposed to... And so what did you do? I handed it back to them. <laughs> I said, if you knew everything is supposed to happen, what you're supposed to do, you wouldn't be here asking me for help. I said, you need to listen. You need to sit down and listen. Not tell me what to do. They didn't like that very much. But you see, you got people that play church, and then you got things that are real. Things that are real happen the way they happen, not the way you just imagine they might. And we can't tell God how to do it. I can't tell Him how to do it. You can't tell Him how to do it. You can't tell me to tell Him how to do it. I refuse to. We don't need to be telling. We need to be asking. Someone say, well, that's my problem. I don't know what he's telling me to do. That's where the prayer and fasting comes in that we read about earlier in the study. That's where the prayer and fasting comes in. Seek God seriously, earnestly. Didn't the Bible say that he is a rewarder of those that diligently seek him? Didn't he say that? Don't just run around going, I don't know what he said. I don't know what he's saying. Quit saying that. And get serious. Turn off the TV. Get off the phone. Miss some meals. Seek God earnestly. Seriously. 
And didn't he say that if you ask, he'd give it to you? If you seek, he'd cause you to find it? Didn't he say that? He's faithful. He will. But you must not come with a preconceived idea and plan and tell him this is the way it's going to happen. You've got to be open. Let him tell you what to do. And again and again, it's going to be so different than how you thought it would be. Do you think those guys at the wedding feast ever imagined that that's how they're going to get wine? They wouldn't have thought that up in 10,000 years. Go fill the water pots up. Then dip out water. Bring it to the governor. And it's wine. And Naaman would have never imagined this is how you'd get healed. Is go to the river of a country he doesn't care much for. (laughs) And dip and dip and dip and dip and dip. Seven times. That that just made him mad. (laughs) Didn't it? Wonder how many other folk just got mad when God told them what to do. And didn't realize but they walked away from their miracle. Verse 13. The servants came near. Thank God for good help. <laughs> and he said respectful like. You know, My father. If the prophet had bid you do some great thing. Would you not have done it? You read the rest of the story. They came with money. They came with stuff. They were ready buddy. To climb mountains and cross oceans. And he says, we, we were, we're armed of the teeth. We're loaded. We're ready to do big whatever it took. How much rather when he just said, wash and be clean. Why don't we just do it? <laughs> What's the key to miracles? What, what Jesus' mother tell him? Whatever he says to you, do it. Now that sounds so simple, doesn't it? Then why is it such a big deal? Because you got to humble yourself to do it. You got to admit you don't know what you're doing. <laughs> you got to admit you can't figure it out. You can't fix it. And you just have to follow by faith, not knowing why, not knowing how, just doing what He told you to do. It takes faith, it takes humility, it takes obedience, it takes submission. All words that are very unpopular in today's society. Verse 14, he probably said it like this. It probably was quiet. And the guy still had to, had to pedal on the floor with the horses. <laughs> Running down. He said, you know what? We're here. We're ready to do big things. Why don't we just go over to the river? Servant said, that's a great idea, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Can I tell the driver? Yeah, tell him. How do you get a miracle? I know I'm being repetitive, but there's a reason why. How do you get a miracle? Hear from God. Do whatever he said. What do we know is about to happen? He just decided to do what the Lord told him to do. Hmm? He just decided to do what the Lord told him to do. He's in an awful shape. Leprosy was not just descriptive of, of what some modern ideas are. The Bible described it as living death that part of your flesh is dead it's dead it's just dead flesh hanging on you 
dying while you live. Your body's dying while you live. And he is seconds away from that being totally changed. When did the death nail strike that incurable disease? The moment he decided to do what the Lord told him to do. It was just seconds away from being changed forever. Nothing's happened that you can see yet, but how many know the miracle is all but done? It's all but done. Why? Because he decided to do what the Lord told him to do. We ought to lift a hand and say glory to God. Right there, throw glory to God. Glory to God. You don't have to heal yourself. You don't have to make the money come in. You don't have to do it. That's God's part. That's God's part. You don't have to figure out how to do it. I need to say that two or three more times. We don't have to figure out how to do it. How to heal myself. How to get the money. I don't have to figure that out. God already knows how to do that. He doesn't have to come up with a plan when he hears me ask. He's already got it. He's already got it. He went down. He dipped himself seven times in the Jordan. According to the saying of the man of God. According to what God told him to do. And his flesh came again. Like unto the flesh of a little child. Like it was newborn flesh. It's not dead anymore. It's not sloughing off. It's tight. It's clean. It's pink. It's alive. Do you reckon the man shouted? Do you reckon he splashed and scared all the fish around him? Do you reckon he had a hallelujah time right there on that muddy bank? Do you think right after he thought, you fool, you fool, you almost missed this. You almost missed, you and your stinking pride, you almost missed this. What were you doing? So man, he wheels around. They go right back to the man of God's house. He wants to know, what can I do for you? And he said, nothing. You can't pay me a dime. Hallelujah. Oh, somebody say, glory to God. 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 He heard from God. He almost missed it, but he he did make the change and he went and did what God told him to do and God did it. I don't know exactly how the, the precise moment it happened, but maybe he was coming up out of the water on that seventh time. I don't know, but the Holy Ghost got in the river with him. The Spirit of God and the power that makes possible manifested over his body. I don't know if he felt something or he didn't feel something, but when he come up out of there, that ugly, stinking, living death is gone. If God can do that, I said if God can do that, he can give you a new heart. He can clean your blood. He can give you a new spine. Come on, are you listening? He can heal your brain. He can do anything, anything. Can you get a miracle? Yes, you can. Tell me what you got to do. I got to hear from him. 
Do what he said. He does the miracle. He does. He does the miracle. He does the miracle. Let me go over some of this again. Let's backtrack just a little bit. You know, the man kept telling Jesus, come down. Didn't he? He said, come down. And then Jesus said, unless you see something, you won't believe. So what does he say again? Come down. He wants him to do what he wants him to do. And he doesn't realize he's resisting the Lord. Faith in a man works the same way as faith in God. It works exactly the same way. It's trusting what they told you. Not telling them what to do. Which means you have to have heard. I mean if you're going to have faith in me. Let's take it apart from God now. We're just talking about you having faith in me. You can't just decide on your own. I'm going to believe that Brother Keith gives me $10,000. People say well yeah. Bible said all things whatever you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them. I desire $10,000. I desire that you give it to me. So I'm going to believe that that happens. Yeah, the Bible said he'd give you the desires of your heart. Well, no, that's, you've got to rightly divide scripture. John 15. We're believing God. We're making progress. We're getting answers. We're getting help. We're learning how to believe for miracles. This is big stuff. Big stuff. We've had some miracles. But we're going to have more miracles than we've ever had. We're going to have greater miracles than we've ever had. And it's not us doing something by the power of God. It'll be God doing something by us. And it's tied totally to whatever he says to us. John 15, he starts out by talking about, I'm the true vine and my father is the husbandman. He said, verse 4, abide in me and I in you as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself except it abide in the vine. No more can you except you abide in me. I'm the vine. You're the branches. What can the branches do without the vine? What can the limbs do without the tree? Nothing, nothing. He that abides in me. Now, the word abide means to stay in, to dwell in, to live in. Uh, Some some folks have imagined that I can just learn some faith principles. And then I can go out and get anything I decide. Do anything I decide to do. Not pray, not ask the Lord, not hear from Him. But that's not true. You're not the vine. You're a branch. And you and I don't have anything in us and we can't do anything and we can't produce anything except by the living flow out of the vine into us. And when there's fruit produced in our life, we didn't produce it. It came out of the life that's in the vine. It just came through us and by us. And if you keep reading, he said, read five again, I'm the vine 
You're the branches. He that abides in me and I in him, the same brings forth much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Is he talking about a vital living connection? Day and night. Right? Day and night. The life is flowing from him to me and into me. I can't produce it on my own. I have to have a living communion and fellowship with him. And I can't make it happen, but I can do what he shows me to do. I can say what he shows me to say, but that's coming out of the vine. And verse 7, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, somebody say if. If, then you shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. There's a condition here, isn't there? Not just you ask whatever you decide, and it happens. If you're abiding in me, if you're communing with me. See, if you say, well, I'm just going to believe that Brother Keith gives me the $10,000. And you go around confessing it. Brother Keith's going to give me $10,000. You're believing that based on what? We're talking about faith in me now. How's the only way you could have faith that I was going to give you that? There's only one way. If I told you I was going to do that for you, then you could trust that. Right? But if I didn't tell you I was, you can try to believe it, but you've got nothing to base it on. Well, I need it. That doesn't mean you got a right to believe I'm going to do it. Well, I want it. It doesn't mean you got a right to believe I'm going to do it. Well, God told me he'd meet all my needs. Yeah, but he didn't call my name, did he? I'm not El Shaddai. I'm not Jehovah Jireh. And he might use me, but you can't tell him who to use and how to do it. Can you see how you can fixate on something? Like the nobleman did. He's fixated on Jesus coming to his house and obviously praying for the boy and ministering to the boy physically in person. And then he's hoping, wishing that he's wanting to see some improvement. And then when he does, whoo, thank you, Lord. But that's not faith. I said, that's not faith. And that's not coming asking the Lord what you should do. That's trying to tell him to do it. Now, see, if you can take your faith, and even though I didn't tell you that I would do that for you, you can make me do that with your faith. That's not trust. That's control. You're controlling me. That's not, faith is not control. Faith is trust. And if we can take our faith and get God to do something, whether he said he would or not, we'd be controlling him. That's not trust. That's control. You can't just decide you're going to believe something, and he didn't tell you. I know uh, Brother Hagin years ago, he used this example a number of times. Brother Kenneth Hagin, senior, who's in heaven now. There, there was, you know, young Rama students can have funny ideas. Students at the Bible school. And we're, we're all trying to learn faith. But, again, you can have some goofy ideas. And one young man 
decided he's going to demonstrate his faith and prove his faith. And he decided he would claim Brother Hagin's Bronco truck. He had a Ford Bronco that he drove when it was bad weather, when there was snow and ice on the road, it was cold. It was several years old, but he liked it. And they, people tried to talk him into trade and get rid of it. He said, no, I like my Bronco. And so he, he kept it. And so this young man uh, was so brassy as to come up to him close to Christmas time and tell him, Brother Hagen, I'll let you drive it throughout Christmas here, but then after Christmas I'm, I'm ready for my Bronco. Because he believed he received Brother Hagen's Bronco. Because the Bible said, what things serve you desire. When you pray, believe you receive them and you'll have them. So I want that. And so I claim it and I believe I receive it. So I'll have it. Brother Hagen said one time a fellow came to him, wanted him to pray with him that he would wind up with another man's wife. That he loved this woman. Of course, she's married to this other guy and he's got a wife of his own. But the Bible said, what things serve you desire. How many would agree you can't take half a verse and ignore the rest of the Bible, right? And yet that's what people have tried to do, isn't it? Well, I'm just going to claim this. I'm just going to believe this. No, you have to hear from him. And he's not going to tell you anything contrary to what he's already said. Which is why he said, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, You'll ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. But it's not just you making up stuff, what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. You've heard from him. You've heard from him. (laughs) I'm getting a few strange looks across the crowd. Well, there's a reason why a lot of people have claimed and prayed and nothing happened. Isn't there? And then there's a reason why things have happened. And it's not hit and miss. How many believe God who's ordered this universe perfectly. When he says this is the way it works. This is the way it works. And it works this way every time. And every time it works. But it's not us controlling him. It's us trusting him. Trusting him enough to believe what he said and then trusting him enough to step out and do what he told us to do. Then we'll see it come to pass. Then things will happen that we could never make happen. Oh, somebody say glory to God. Do you believe it? Oh, hallelujah. 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 Thanks be to God who gives us the victory. Thanks be to God who always causes us to triumph. Thanks be to God who does wondrous things, who does amazing things, miracles, signs, and wonders. Hallelujah. But it's not us telling him what to do. It's him telling us what to do and us having enough faith to believe it. And to step out on it. Can somebody say I believe it? it. Go back to John 4. Let's finish this up. What did he tell him? He said unless you see something. You won't believe. 
And what did the man say to him? You got to come. You got to come. Does he have to come? No, he doesn't have to come. Did Elisha have to come and pray over the man and lay hands on him? No, he didn't. No, he didn't. I know I'm being repetitious, but we need to be repetitious on this. Do not get something in your head how it's supposed to happen. And the Lord didn't tell you that. It'll only lead you to failure and heartache. And then people imagine, God let me down. No, he didn't let you down. He never told you he was going to do it that way. That's just something you imagine. Something you got in your head that was going to happen. Or that these people were going to do for you. People don't owe us anything, friend. I mean, they owe us love. But that don't mean they owe us their time or their money or their support or their presence. No, beware of getting it in your mind. Well, surely they'll help me. I'll ask them and they'll help me in because we're friends. Or, you know, I help them. So they'll help me. No, God's our source. I said, God's our source. He's our wisdom, He's our direction. He's our help. Go to Him. Go to Him. And when you go to Him, you don't have to beg anybody else for anything. You don't have to plead. You don't have to come with your hat in your hand. You just go to God and say, Lord, you are my source. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. Show me what to do. It may be go sow this seed. It may be go over here. I got a job for you. It may be go cast a line and take the first fish that comes up. Look in his mouth. It can be all kind of amazing things that you would have never thought of. And that's why it's going to take faith to do it. Just don't add to. Don't take from. Whatever he says to you. So when. When he said again, please, you know, come down, come down. Before he dies, he's pleading. He's asking him. He's looking at Jesus. Why won't you come? There's some similarities between Naaman and this man. This man is a nobleman. He's somebody too. Like Naaman, he's used to giving directions and them being complied with. He's used to telling people how to do it and they do it. He's important. He's a man of influence, man of authority. But I don't care who you are. You don't come tell the Lord what to do. And how to do it. That's not acting like he's the Lord. He said sir. I mean he's being polite. (laughs) Do come down. At once. Did you not understand me? He's about dead. We got no time to stand here and talk. Please. Friend. Begging doesn't get you a miracle. Putting pressure on people will not get you a miracle. Being desperate will not get you a miracle. Fear is not faith. Come down at once before my little child is dead. He thinks he needs Jesus at his house. He thinks he needs him praying. He thinks he needs Jesus laying hands on the boy. He thinks he needs to see something. But tell me what he needs. He needs to hear from the Lord. That's what he needs. He needs to hear from him. That's what he needs. 
He doesn't need all that. He needs to hear from him. And glory to God, he's about to. I said he's about to. Even though you can tell, Jesus knew he was confused. Jesus knew he didn't understand all this. But in verse 50, he says, go. That's different from I'm coming. (laughs) You need to leave. Go on back in peace. Your son lives. Now the man's got a choice to make, doesn't he? He realizes what he wants is not going to happen. Jesus is not coming to his house. He's not going to pray for the boy. He's not going to lay hands on him. The fellow could get mad here. I've been in that church for 10 years. <laughs> I helped underwrite that building for him. He can't even come over here and pray for me. That's how you miss a miracle. I said, that's how you miss a miracle. Trying to tell God what to do. Acting like somebody owes you something. That's how you miss it. Somebody say, help me, Lord, not to do that. Help me, Lord, to never do that. Not put pressure on people. Not try to tell them what to do. Certainly not try to tell you what to do. Help me not to do that. Jesus said, go. Tell me how you get a miracle. Tell me how you get a miracle. Whatever he says to you, if he says go, what do you do? What's what's it time to do? It's not time to plead and cry and ask. Tell me what it's time to do. It's time to go. Go back to the house. Go in peace. Go in peace. What's that mean? Quit being scared. Quit pleading, quit begging, quit being frustrated, try and tell me what to do. Get in peace. Breathe a sigh of relief and go, we got it. We got. How many know when God told Naaman through Elisha, go dip in the river, he had it. Whether he realized it, he had it. It's just a matter of going and do what he said and the power manifesting. It's there. So does this man have his miracle? It's here. Because there is no word of God void of power. Where the word of the king is, there is power. This is the king of kings, the Lord of lords. He's speaking for the father. He said, I don't say anything unless I hear him say it. So the creator of the heaven and earth just said, go to the house. (laughs) Go in peace. Your boy lives. If God says your boy lives, go to the house. Don't you dare ask for something else. Don't you dare say, well, what I, I, really, I really want you to come pray. That's how you miss a miracle. This is trying his faith. Come on, imagine. Put yourself in the man's place. When he left the house, his boy was gasping for breath. He was about dead. That's why it's so urgent. That's why he's pressing the master. He's realizing this ain't going to happen the way I want it to happen. He just heard something though. Go. Go home. Go in peace. Your son lives. This is why he's in the book. This next part is why he's in the book. He looked at Jesus and said, thank you, sir. Thank you. Come on, guys. Let's go. And he starts to the house. 
He put his trust in what Jesus said. And he began to do exactly what he told him to do. And he started home. Ooh. Are we learning how to have miracles or not? Are we, are we learning how to have miracles? Glory to God. Is this it or is this it? This is, this is it. This is it. Now, his house wasn't around the block. It was at least 15 miles away. And they're not in a car. This is a full day's trip. Pushing it. Whether you're walking or walking fast or riding a donkey, it's still not very fast. It's going to take a day to get back. So begins the long journey home. What did he do? Mile after mile. Mile after mile. I tell you, I don't have to wonder. You know. You, we've been there. What did he do? Mile after mile, he had to cast down imaginations. Didn't he? He had to cast down those thoughts and those fears and those feelings because the enemy, same devil then as he is now, he said, you, you better turn around. You better go get him. You better go get him to pray. You better. He's going to be dead when you get there. He's going to be dead when you get there. He had to cast that down and say what? No. He said, my son lives. No, he said, my son lives. Mile after mile. He had to cast down fear, trying to grip him, worry and anxiety, trying to harass him, didn't he? He had to cast it down and he had to say, no, no, no. Jesus said, my son lives. My son, when the Lord gives you something, I mean, sink your teeth into it, grab hold it with both hands and put your legs around it. Come on and hug it. Are y'all with me? And say, this is it. Not just something you came up with off the top of your head, but what he told you. What he told you. What he told you. My son lives. My Somebody, somebody say, my son lives. How many think he repeated that to himself a bunch of times on the way home? Either out loud or just to himself. But he had to. That's how you cast down the imaginations. That's how you resist the fear. And I believe he thanked God too. It's one of the easiest ways to get in faith and stay in faith. It just thank God. Thank God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. My boy lives. Thank you, Lord. My boy lives. My boy lives. My boy lives. Then these thoughts had come. He's dead. You saw how close he was to dead when you left. And you had the preacher right there. But you didn't get him. No. No. No, my boy lives. 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 How long's it been? How long's it been? How much further I got to go? Oh, dear me, it's at least another four hours before we can get there. Man, he looked so bad. All the color was gone from him. No, no. My son lives. My son lives. Thank you, Lord. There might have been a time or two where he said, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. 
Wait a minute. Do I need to turn around? Do I need to? No. No. My boy lives. Let me say my boy lives. What do you do on the long way home? What do you do? You, you got to cast down imaginations. You got to cast down reasonings. You got to resist fear. You got to resist worry. You got to resist the temptation to try to do something else, to try to make it happen, to try to do it yourself. And you got to come back to what he told you. And you got to keep telling yourself what he told you is true. What he told me is right. My boy lives. My boy, thank you, Father. My boy lives. Thank you, God. My boy lives. My boy lives. Hallelujah. Glory to God. He put his trust in what Jesus said and he started home. 51. And as he was on the road going down, his servants met him. What do you think the devil told him? He sees his guys from his house coming out. Why are they coming out to meet you? Why? They don't want you to walk in and see your boy dead there. They want to try to prepare you. <laughs> what, what do you think the devil told him when they're coming to meet you? What are they going to say? You know what they're going to say. They're going to tell you he's dead. You know it. Why do you think anything different? What do you have to say? What do you have to say? My boy, my boy lives. Jesus said, your son lives. And I'm saying, my boy lives. I believe what he told me. I did what he told me to do. And they met him on the road. And when they got close enough to talk to him, they opened their mouth. You know what they said? You know what they said? Do you know what they said? They said, your son lives. Your son lives. Your son lives. Exactly what the father told Jesus to say and what Jesus told him and what he's been saying for the last 15, 20 miles. <laughs> and it didn't matter if he had 12 incurable diseases. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Nothing's too hard for the Lord. Reckon what he did when they told him, your boy lives. He shouted, but he wasn't shocked. Because that's what he's been believing and saying all day. Fifty-two. So he asked them, what time did he start getting better? And they said, yesterday at the seventh hour. The fever left him about one in the afternoon. And 53, the father knew it was at the very hour when Jesus said to him, your son lives. <laughs> Jesus didn't need to be there in the house. His physical presence didn't have to be there. His physical presence doesn't have to be here for us to get a miracle. Jesus didn't pray for him. Didn't have to. He didn't touch him. There was no laying on of hands. Didn't have to. He sent his word. And healed him. And raised him up. And he and his entire household. Believed. He come in and told all his kinfolks. 
What happened? And the whole bunch threw their hands in the air and said, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Our baby has been spared. Hallelujah. His life has been spared. We got a miracle. Oh, stand on your feet and give glory to God. Lift up your hands. Lift up your voices. Say glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Oh, glory to God. 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 Do you need a miracle? That's what God does. He does miracles. He does miracles all the time. It's easy for him. Easy for him. I want you to close your eyes. Whatever it is, you need a miracle in. Get it out of your head and out of your mind what you thought. And say it out loud, Father God, I have faith in you. You are the God of miracles. Nothing is too hard for you. I don't need to tell you what to do. I don't need to tell you how to do it. That's not my business. I wouldn't know anyway. I'm asking you. Tell me what to do. What do I need to do. In this area. To get your miracle. By your grace. I purpose. Whatever you tell me to do. I will do that. In Jesus' name. And I thank you in advance for doing miracles for me just like you did miracles for them. And all the glory, all the glory, all the glory be under your great name, under your holy good name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, lift up your hands. Lift up your voice. Lift up your praise. 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 Glory. This ministry has been brought to you today free of charge by the partners of More Life Ministries and Faith Life Church. If you would like to help send this word to others at no charge, you can become a word sender today. For more information, visit our website at morelife.org.